It's September, and that means it's time to start the school year. Learners around the world are coming back to class. For many of us, this means we will be getting to know a whole new group of learners. It's important that we start the year off right by building relationships with our learners and getting them to buy into what we are doing in the learning environment. In order to engage our learners and get them interested in coming to school every day, we must deliver learning content that is relevant to their experience. Performance-based education is all about meeting our learners where they are and providing them with content that is not only accessible to their level of understanding, but also applicable to their interests and aspirations. Building a relationship with our learners is critical because it allows us to understand where they are and where they want to go in their lives. If we don't make personal connections with our learners, we won't be able to understand their needs and engage them with content relevant to their learning goals. The first few weeks of the school year play a critical role in this process. We should take the time to get to know each of our learners and understand their interests and motivations. We need to know where they are academically, but also on a spectrum of lifelong learning skills. If we don't understand the goals and desires of our learners, motivating them to learn may prove an impossible task. We want our learners to take ownership of their learning, to feel like the class is truly theirs. Today, we will talk about the shared vision and code of cooperation, two strategies that help us create buy-in and shift the ownership of our learning environment to our learners. In the performance-based system at Lindsay Unified, we start building our shared vision on day one. A shared vision defines our group of learners. It is a mission that everyone in our class works together to achieve. When a group comes together, everyone has a vision of what they would like to accomplish. Creating a shared vision builds a common understanding among all stakeholders. We value a learner-centered environment where all learners share a vision for success. In many traditional learning environments, the teacher or administrator determines the vision for the class and delivers it to the learners, usually in the form of rules. In the PBS system, we realize that the true value of a shared vision is that expectations created together with the learners are much more effective and authentic. Every learner has input into the shared vision, and a voice in the final direction. Throughout the year, we refer back to the shared vision and use it to guide everything we do. This ensures that every action we take has the learner's best interests at heart. When learners have a voice in the direction of the mission, they own their learning. The learning environment becomes centered on them. The code of cooperation is a set of behaviors that all stakeholders agree will help them reach the desired vision. It holds us accountable to those co-created behaviors. As with everything in the performance-based system, we build the code of cooperation around our learners' interests, and everyone has a voice in its creation. The code of cooperation is not a set of rules created by the teacher or administrator, but a social contract agreed upon by all stakeholders. It's important that all learners contribute to the code and that their interests and desires are reflected in it. When every learner knows that we have crafted our learning environment to suit their individual learning needs, it creates buy-in and motivates them to achieve. The norms and procedures agreed upon in the code of cooperation should always push us towards the realization of our shared vision. 
Throughout the year, we may check and adjust the code in order to maintain focus on the shared vision. But any adjustments should be made with the vision in mind and the learner's voice at the center of the discussion. Our guests today are experts at developing and implementing the shared vision and code of cooperation. They all understand the value of creating learning environments that center around the learner. Christy Caesar is a kindergarten learning facilitator at Kennedy Learning Community. She has taught for 14 years, six of those in Lindsay's performance-based system. She first learned about shared vision and code of cooperation from her involvement in the Reinventing Schools Coalition. Guadalupe Alvarez is a Content Level 7 learning facilitator at the Reagan Learning Community. She has taught in Lindsay for five years and has been involved in the performance-based system for her entire career. Bernadette Shelton is a learning facilitator at the John J. Cairns Learning Community. She has taught in Lindsay for five years, all of them in the performance-based system. We're excited to bring them on the show today for in-depth discussion on shared vision and code of cooperation. They'll share insights on building relationships and trust with their learners. You won't want to miss it, so stay tuned. From Lindsay Unified School District, you're listening to Lindsay Live. Welcome to the first episode of Lindsay Live. I'm here with Christy Caesar, Guadalupe Alvarez, and Bernadette Shelton. It's a pleasure to have the three of you on the show today. I know our listeners are excited to hear what you have to say, so Christy, let's start the conversation. It's your first day with a new group of learners. For many of them, it's their first time in an organized learning environment. What are the steps you take to bring everyone together and establish a common goal? Well, since it is their first day or first couple days of school, what we do to establish a common goal is we look for the vision and what are we trying to achieve this school year. So we create what we called our shared vision and I ask them, why do we come to school? And so they give me three reasons why they come to school. But before they really even know why they come to school, I have to read some stories to build some background. For example, Bono goes to school or Clifford goes to school just so they can have that background knowledge of why they should come to school or why they are coming to school. Also with them, I might share some of my own experiences of when I was a learner myself or maybe they might be able to share some of their um, siblings' experiences of why they come to school. And then, um, so then we go back and I ask that question, why do we come to school? And they give me the answers and I use the, instead of five whys, I use the three why procedure. Bernadette, learners at the high school level might think they're too cool to go through this process, which is perfectly fine for a kindergartner. How do you make it meaningful for them? So at first glance, it would seem that high school learners would find creating shared visions kind of amateur and childish, but I would argue that high school learners are more goal-oriented than ever. And so we construct our shared vision through two lenses, one in the content level class, um, content area class, where I'm the English LF, and so we look at what our shared vision is of what we're hoping to get out of the content class but also an advisory where we adapt a shared vision that addresses more social-emotional health. And so because they're so goal-oriented at this age, it's not really a hard process. They're very willing and open to it. Lupe, when the learners come back year after year, 
How do you keep the experience authentic? How do you keep them interested in building yet another shared vision, another code of cooperation? Although this seems like a new process year after year, learners do change over the summer. They change physically, emotionally, and socially. Um, when they're coming into a new learning environment, they're also adapting to a new learning facilitator. And so when they're coming in, I try to get them to express things that um, currently are in their frame of mind. So I start with some of the same questions as Christy. You know, why do you want an education? Why do we go to school? And usually the process leads to things that are happening now, current events, um, freedom of speech. Um, and so it ties into what's going on now and it helps create and tailor a vision that is focal for the year. And I would just like to add that because the learners who have been in the system all their life or from a couple of years already, they're so used to the process that it's not a surprise to them. So they've seen it before, they've done it before, they know where it's headed. So it, it really, because of the beautiful work that they do getting them there, that it really is not difficult at all. How do you get started? How do you break the ice with them? So establishing connections. You, I usually share a little bit about myself. Um, I'm a Latina and my parents were migrant farm workers. I usually kind of share what my upbringing looks like. I show them a picture of when I was young and I'm standing next to a, a rooster house. And so I, I just kind of break the ice by letting them know I'm one of you. Um, and you know, I'm here for you and we're gonna be very open in this learning environment and we're gonna set our goals and accomplish them. And how do you build that trust when your learners might come from a completely different background? Um, you know, that's a great question. <laughs> Usually it works the same way because even if learners are from a different background, you're able to establish some type of connection with them. Um, whether it be your interests. So I also, I share with them my likes. I played in the Fresno State Marching Band and usually I'll find something that does connect to what they like to do. And if I don't, I work really hard at um, talking to that learner individually and ensuring that I do find something that I can connect with at a certain level. I share a lot of stories of myself or of my own children or have them share uh, stories of their siblings to make those connections and then I read lots of books to build that background knowledge. So I would agree similar process. I usually introduce myself with my Who Am I project and, and I think just even if they don't have similar backgrounds, just the fact that you're being authentic and allowing them kind of a peek into your life. Um, you're able to establish that relationship as long as you're authentic. So similar idea. I do my Who Am I project, they learn a little bit about me, and then hopefully make some connection with similar likes or dislikes. If not just the fact that I was human to them for a moment and opened up to them for a moment, they really appreciate that. What's the Who Am I project? The Who Am I project is a project that we have learners do when they come to our school, and it's a project that really digs deep into who we are what we've been through, where we're going. There's a visual performance part where you provide a visual that represents you and you get up and describe why and how something abstract. It's a project we developed just to kind of self-reflect and address our social emotional health. I think it's also important to make the um, learning environment feel like a family. Mm -hmm. And so I bring that into my shared vision. I'll say, well, this is our school family and we need to all work together 
to have this vision all year long. So we're a family, just like your family at home. You might just have a dad at home, or you might have a sister, or brother, or mom, or grandpa, but this is our school family, and this is our vision as a family. And they understand the content of family. Even though families are all different, they understand what a family is. And what is a shared vision? Our shared vision is like what our goals are for the class. So like I was saying before, because I'm a, the ELALF and I'm an advisor, we adapt two different shared visions. In the content classes, it's what are, you, what are your goals, what do you want to get from this class? And then they, they brainstorm a list of things. For example, we want to improve our reading. We want to improve our writing skills. We want to learn MLA format. We, you know, they come up with all the goals. Um, we want to get on pace and stay on pace. So that becomes our vision for the class. In advisory, we create a shared vision, and it's much like what you were saying, the concept of family. Like, this is, this is different than a content class. Like, this class is meant to really build on your social-emotional health. We're gonna, we talk a little bit, uh, actually, I take that back. We talk a lot in circle time about our lives, ourselves. So our shared vision for advisory really is really built around trust and respect for each other and the willingness for each learner to be a little bit vulnerable and freely talk about those things that come up. Our, our sh shared vision looks a little different probably in kindergarten. It's pretty simple. For example, it might be we go to school to learn, make friends, and have fun together. And um, the power of the shared vision for me in my learning environment and with my learners is everything ties back to that. So when we're working on a project, I'm, you know, maybe a learner's struggling a little bit. Well, are, are you learning right now? Remember, you told me that our shared vision was we go to school to learn. Are you learning right now? No. Okay, that's our shared vision. So everything always connects back to that shared vision mm -hmm. when you're working in your learning environment with your learners. Talking about connecting back to that shared vision, let's talk a little bit about code of cooperation. Mm -hmm. How do you go about building a code of cooperation that really does tie back to that shared vision? Uh, is there a process that you go through? Could you walk us through it a little bit? So I think, uh, much like Christy, our shared vision is kind of a blend of both, mm -hmm. where they're setting goals for their learning environment, but we do talk about family as well. And just like family, we talk about nobody let, gets left behind. Mm -hmm. And we're going to make it through the year. It might be a struggle, but we're all going to make it through together. Usually once we're done with that and they've identified those goals and that struggle, then we kind of will have an affinity diagram. I have students vote for the seven most important words in relation to their shared vision. And then we usually kind of break it down from there. So usually at that middle school level, I'm getting things like respect, um, accountability, organization. So once we've established those targeted things, then I have learners power vote what they want to decide on. And then we talk about well, what does not what does it not look like? So we usually start with our one and build up to our four. We mentioned a lot of big words there like accountability, teamwork. How do we keep those from just being buzzwords and turn them into something that's really meaningful to each learner? So I think it goes back to that whole we're, we're a family. At the beginning of the school year, we do do a lot of team building activities. Mm -hmm. And so they quickly learn that in order for them to be successful, they have to work together. And 
if they're able to work successfully together as a group, they're they're holding each other accountable. So some of those things that they voted for, they're respecting one another through that process. They're they're actually doing in those team building activities. So it's not a not a buzzword, but it's actually something that they're they're doing hands on mm -hmm. to establish themselves within that first week. I think pretty much anything in the classroom can be tied back into that shared vision. Mm -hmm. So even when you think of growth mindset, mm -hmm. um, well, you can't grow your brain if you're not learning. So everything can be tied into that shared vision. You can always find like an avenue to tie it back in. And that's where I think you make those connections. I think because we're high school, and I may be getting ahead of you here in regards to accountability, accountability occurs on all levels. We have the shared vision, which accounts for the accountability in the content classes how their steps are taken to reach their goals, how they're conducting themselves in the class, working with each other, the code of cooperation. But in addition to that, we look at accountability, like the LFs are assigned 20 students in their advisory. So now we're LFs, but we're also advisors. And it's our job, we're accountable for this, these 20 learners. We monitor everything you can imagine, SRI, SMI, attendance, um, their internships, their personal goals, anecdotal notes, what are we observing with this learner, what behaviors, and then in addition to that we have the learner PLPs and the learners are accountable by monitoring their own growth, setting SMART goals every month, um, scheduling, we have one-on-one -on -one discussions, that, data chats that we have with learners, so accountability happens on all levels. We're focusing more on making the learners accountable for a lot of their, their scores, their credits, um, but not only that but their personal goals and all their SMART goals. So those are the two ways I think that we, we push for accountability at our site. Okay, so we've talked about shared vision. We've talked about code of cooperation. For those of our listeners who are not super familiar with the PBS system, what's the difference? I think the difference is the shared vision is your vision for the whole year, mm -hmm. and your code of cooperation is the steps you're going to take mm -hmm. to get that shared vision. So, for example, in our classroom, the shared vision might be we go to school to learn, make friends, and have fun together. Well, what are we going to do? We're going to listen. When we listen, we learn. Mm -hmm. When we're kind, we make friends. When we're safe, we can learn. So mm -hmm. connecting that again back to that shared vision. And then the also in the Code of Cooperation, you can do a lot of goal setting. So every mm -hmm. day you can make a goal-based on your code of cooperation. So we're, today we're gonna be listeners. And again, listening helps you to learn. So you connect it back to that shared vision. Mm -hmm. So there's just a lot of connecting within the two. But I think the code of cooperation feeds into the shared vision. Mm -hmm. I love your shared vision. That's like, <laughs> that's like the best one. I love yours, it's my favorite. One year we had, uh, we go to school to eat in there oh, too. Yeah. Oh, okay, <laughs> nice, yes. Food comes up a lot in mine too. It's on our shared vision for advisories. Like there yeah. will be snacks. <laughs> Every week. <laughs> okay. When shared vision does get a little out there and the mm -hmm. learners have these ideas, like, I want to eat every day, I want to have fun, uh, how do you keep it learner-centered but prevent it from becoming uh, the world of free candy bars and Kool-Aid? It's organized chaos. <laughs> <laughs> it's organized chaos. And I think as long as you keep referring back to the shared vision, um, I think it kind of stays in line. Um, if it's yes. maybe like a conduct in the classroom that's maybe impeding on learning, bringing them back to that shared vision and making them reflect on themselves and assess themselves, they quickly will put themselves in line without you actually having to, to like reprimand or, you know what I mean? Like they will, they'll do it themselves. 
And I think going back to that whole, um, we're family and we need to make it through together. Mm -hmm. So setting those goals, they realize that everybody has to reach that goal because before it becomes that candy free for all. <laughs> so it, it kind of keeps it accountable and it keeps it manageable. Mm. Um, like, like you just said, I like that word, um, organized Organize. chaos. <laughs> it feels that way. We also need to make sure that learning is fun because mm -hmm. if mm -hmm. they're not having fun, they're not learning. Mm -hmm. So it's okay to say fun because you can tie it again mm -hmm. into let's make our learning fun. Mm -hmm. Or call it engagement, if you will. Yeah, yeah, exactly. When it does get chaotic, do you ever have the urge to step in and take control? In that situation, how do you keep it focused on the learner? Just self-assess. This yes. is what the shared vision, yes. these were the goals. Yes. So the way you're conducting yourself right now, look at your code of cooperation. Are you going to reach these goals in, mm -hmm. in what you're doing right now? Just give them the chance to self-reflect and self-assess. And they'll admit it. They'll be like, oh, you know, they will... I think they're harder on themselves than we are on yes. them. Yeah, and especially if we've put it into a rubric format, mm -hmm. and then you usually have them point to where you fall, and you're right, they, they self-assess themselves and they quickly correct their behaviors, mm -hmm. and they realize that it's everybody in the class, not just them. And I, I also think it's important to know that they remind them you created this shared vision exactly. and you created this code of cooperation because mm -hmm. I always joke around and tell them well if I was going to create the shared vision I'd have you all giving me foot rubs you know <laughs> so you have to make sure that they know it's theirs and that they created it yes. and they have that ownership and buy-in and if even if there is an issue we can go back to it like okay you guys created this you don't like it what can what fix it mm -hmm. tell me because right. this vision belongs to you you guys yes. created it you tell me how can we fix it maybe we do need to change it so you guys are all experts at this but you probably didn't start that way. What are some struggles that you had to overcome or what are some struggles that you still deal with in building the shared vision code of cooperation? I think in years past it was getting participation because it becomes a classroom discussion or a learning environment discussion and kids don't want to speak up. But the beauty of having, in my case, of having an advisory group and doing the culture building at the beginning of the year with these learners, they tend to be my leaders um, because I'm their advisor and we've got that relationship, they'll be the leaders. Um, and also because they feel their advisory classroom, this learning environment is kind of their home. And we talk a lot about that in advisory when we're culture building, like this is your second home. So being in that room, having the relationship they have with me, they tend to be my leaders and they get the discussion going. So once one or two kids speak up, then every, it kind of breaks the ice and everyone's willing to chime in and, and it goes pretty smoothly from there. I think for me, um, the first time around, I did too much guiding, and so then it turned into yes. my vision mm -hmm. and not their vision. Mm -hmm. So I think that um, we had to step back and reflect and go back to the drawing board and then create a vision that reflected their wants and their needs. And then I had extreme buy-in mm -hmm. versus my guided non-vision. Mm -hmm. I, I would agree with you. That would be the same for me, trying to maybe control a little too much. You have to loosen up those reins and let them do the talking. Okay, well, let's do some more talking. Let's talk about <laughs> some success stories. What are some great successes that you've had because of this shared vision that you might not have been able to see had you worked in a traditional system? My favorite is, again, when we're dealing with discipline issues or with maybe issues within the classroom, is just pointing to the rubric and saying, where, where are we falling? <laughs> it's almost become a tool when there's something going on in the class that I might not agree with. I can just point to it. And then students know we need to redirect. Mm -hmm. So you let them hold themselves accountable. Yes. 
think having that shared vision and the learners know the shared vision that you can make those connections all throughout the day, even on the playground, you know, you're on the playground, you're, you're, you know, not being nice to a friend. Remember our shared vision is what they say. Oh yeah, we can't, I come to school to make friends. I need to be nice, you know, so they're, they're being accountable by knowing their, our shared vision. They're able to reflect back on what they're doing in their behavior. Or even when they build self-confidence, my perception of, of what happens is different because of the older kids that I work with. But so successes and struggles, it's, you know, we, we celebrate all of them. I think a couple other ones too are when you um, talk to uh, our learners' parents and they come home mm-hmm. and say, you know, little Jimmy's making a goal. You know, he wants to set this goal or when they see what we've done in our learning environments and how mm-hmm. it's overflowing into the home. Mm-hmm. So that's probably the big, biggest success for us too. And when they meet their SMART goals. So when we see them meeting their goals every month. So we do it monthly with their learners' um, personalized learning plan, their PLPs. And so we're at, we monitor it every month, and we get to see their successes and struggles every month. So the SMART goals is always a great indicator of their successes and their struggles. I think another success, too, is when they um, come to you and they say, oh, something that might not be on the Code of Cooperation, mm-hmm. like, oh, we're having trouble pushing in our chairs. Someone's going to trip and get hurt. Can, can we make a goal for that? That needs to be part of our code. You know, mm-hmm. so when they start finding other things to help mm-hmm. us become um, better and more successful in our mm-hmm. learning environment without us having to give any direction is oh, yeah. a big success. Identifying a need in their community. Yeah. That's so great. Yeah. I can't imagine not having a shared vision and a code of cooperation in my mm-hmm. learning environment ever again like I can't imagine a day without having those tools those resources and having my learners know how to use them Mm -hmm. I just don't think I would ever I'll never be the same learning facilitator I was years ago now that I have those wonderful resources Christy Caesar Guadalupe Alvarez and Bernadette Shelton thank you for joining us today thank you thank you your expertise is always appreciated Our learning facilitators all agree, starting the year off by creating a shared vision and a code of cooperation sets the foundation for building a successful learning environment. Next, let's take a look at how this strategy is benefiting our learners at the Reagan Learning Community. From Reagan, here's Content Level 6 learner Guillermo Ramirez. Hi, this, my name is Guillermo and this is my vision statement. In our learning community, we come to school to learn and get an education. We want to be treated fairly and with respect to our teacher. We want our learning environment to be fully free and clean. We want to set goals and complete our class work and learning targets. We come to our learning environment to accomplish those goals and achieve our dreams. This has affected me um, on my learning, it got me focused, and now everybody is treating others with respect, and to the teacher also. Now everybody's more quiet, and they're focused too, and it's easier for the teacher to teach us our learning targets. A fantastic example of what the shared vision can look like and the impact it can have on our learning environment. That's our show for today. But we have a whole lot more coming your way in the upcoming months. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes or SoundCloud and join us again next month for more discussion and insight from learners, learning facilitators, and other PBS stakeholders.
only on Lindsay Live.